Turn our minds and our hearts to the reading of God's holy, inspired word. It happened when he was in a certain city that, behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. And he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Last Sunday, when we looked at the call of Matthew to follow Christ, I encourage you to recognize your sin and your need of Christ. This was an encouragement not to be like the Pharisees who trusted in their own self-righteousness, but to instead have a, a ready acknowledgement of your need for a Savior and have no trust in yourself and in your own flesh. Now, as we look at the healing of this leper, I want you to go deeper into that examination of your need. I want you to consider the exceeding vileness of your sin. I want us to consider this specifically because leprosy is a stark and and pungent reminder of the exceeding awfulness of sin. Leprosy is to the body what sin is to the soul. That's because leprosy exists in the world as part of the curse of sin. It's part of what it means to to live in a fallen world, to, to have such immense suffering. Every sickness and disease we experience should remind us that this world is not perfect, that we need to seek God. This is especially the case with leprosy because of the true awfulness of this disease. I don't want you to just see your see the vileness of your sin. I want you to certainly see that, but I also want you to see the great compassion and power of Christ to forgive and cleanse sinners. We read about Christ in Hebrews 2 verses 17 through 18. We read there, therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Christ had to be made a man to purchase salvation for us. And the human nature of Christ should be an encouragement to us. Encouragement that Christ understands our weaknesses and our frailties. An encouragement because Christ understands who we are. He is merciful and compassionate. Jesus became a man and suffered the things that we suffer. Christ was tempted as we have been tempted. He was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Christ knows our weaknesses and he remembers that we are dust. 
He is a compassionate and tender Savior. And so let us consider Luke 5, verses 12 through 15, hearing the call to see the compassion and power of Christ to heal sinners. And as we consider Luke 5, let us first see our leprous sin and come to Christ. See our leprous sin and come to Christ. If you do a a Google search, you'll quickly find out that leprosy still exists today. However, there is some distinction to be made between uh, the leprosy that we read about in the Bible and the leprosy that we know about today. Leprosy in the Bible had had a very broad definition. It encompassed many different forms of of skin infections and skin diseases, which you can all read about in Leviticus 13. Um, This broader definition of leprosy even meant that that houses and, and garments and clothes could get leprosy. Now, what we know is leprosy today uh, also goes by the name of Hansen's disease. It's named after uh, the man responsible for finding out what particular bacteria caused uh, leprosy. And and Hansen's disease is, is a bacterial infection that attacks the nerves, leading slowly to, to nerve uh, death. As your nerves die in your extremities... Uh, especially your fingers and toes, you become very susceptible to to injuring them. And that's uh, part of the reason when if you encounter someone who has leprosy, that they're missing fingers, they're missing toes. It's uh, in part due to these secondary infections that they've gotten and and, uh, these injuries they've sustained in their fingers and toes because they simply can't feel them. Um, in severe cases, uh, you can even lose limbs. Uh, what also attends leprosy is skin ulcers. They appear all over your body, and especially they can appear on your face and cause complete disfigurement of your face so that you're pretty much unrecognizable. It can even lead to blindness. Skin I'm sorry, leprosy is a very brutal disease, very visible disease. Now, we don't know what exact type of leprosy the man had in Luke 5. We're not given much descriptors about the type of leprosy he had. Uh, We are told he was full of leprosy, and given that fact that he was full of leprosy, it could be very likely that he had a very severe case with symptoms very similar to what we know as Hansen's disease. Ulcers all over the body, loss of feeling in some parts of the body, and extreme pain in other parts of the body. We need to understand, too, that in the Old Testament, those who got leprosy were declared to be unclean. We saw that in Leviticus 14. Another word for unclean is to be defiled. To be unclean meant that you were ceremoniously un- impure. You could not partake of the religious rites and ceremonies. You would be cut off from the congregation. You would be all alone as a leper. We read in Leviticus 13, Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean. All the days that he has a sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. 
His dwelling shall be outside the camp. To be a leper was often to be alone, cast outside of the community, away from your prior family and friends. And as such, leprosy was to be a physical demonstration of how our sins have removed us from God, removed us from communion and fellowship with God. The vileness of leprosy was to be a statement of the vileness and and odiousness of our sins. Just as leprosy removed lepers from society, so our sins have removed us from God. And that all plays into our text. In our text, we do not see the leper asking Christ to heal him. Instead, we see him asking Christ to cleanse him, to make him clean. With that cleansing would would certainly come a physical healing. But the leper has the understanding that his leprosy makes him unclean. It means he is He cannot partake of the religious, Old Testament religious rites. And so his desire is to to be made clean. So that he can go to the temple and offer the sacrifices. So he can partake of the Passover. The leper's focus is on being made clean. His, His desire is to be in right standing with God. Because he recognizes his sin and what his leprosy is a sign of. So he comes to Christ in faith. And Luke paints uh, his coming to Christ in in a very particular light that emphasizes the radicalness of of what this leper is doing. In Luke 5, verse 12, we read, And it happened when he was in a certain city that, Behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus. Given what I have just said about leprosy, as we read these words, we should have some surprise and shock. Luke gives that jarring uh, interjection, behold, behold. It would have been a very strange and bizarre thing for a leper to come up to any clean person. We should be especially surprised, given all that we know about Jesus, that a leper would come into his vicinity. Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He was the creator of the world. He was holy, holy, holy. How can one who is holy, 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 Let someone unclean, like a leper, approach him. We read of a very different scenario in Luke 17. There we read that uh, Jesus went to a certain village, and there met him ten lepers who stood afar off. These men stood afar off. They weren't coming close to Jesus. They recognized their impurity and stood afar off, but not this man, not this leper. He comes boldly to Christ with a sense of desperation. This man was willing to risk everything. He was willing to risk being yelled at, possibly even beaten for coming that close to a clean man. Part of this desperation is likely due to the severity of his disease. Remember that Luke says that this man was full of leprosy. It wasn't just a few spots here and there, but he was full of it. He wanted desperately to be healed. He recognized that the only way that he could be healed was through divine intervention. This is one of the lessons that comes out again and again with leprosy in Scripture. You can only be healed 
by God. Now today we might be able to give medicine that God uses to heal Hansen's disease, and it's, relative, it's ra- rather effective, but biblical leprosy could not be healed by any man. It's one way it's likely distinct from, from other kinds of leprosy. And you'll notice that uh, the priests the priests weren't able to heal uh, a man who was leprous. All they could do was say, you're clean or you're unclean. That's all they could do. This leper was in desperate need of a man to heal him. And so he comes to Christ in humility and desperation, but he also comes in faith to Christ because he recognizes that Christ has the power to save him. He recognizes who Christ is. We read in Matthew's account of this miracle that a leper came and worshipped him. And in Mark's account, we, we read that he knelt, falling upon his face, beseeching Christ to make him clean. This leper comes in faith, and he comes worshiping God, worshiping Jesus for who he is. Now, it did not take much self-awareness for this leper to realize he was a leper. But do you have the self-awareness that you are a sinner, that your sins aren't just small mishaps and missteps, but that they are a living death, that your sins are a putrid, stinking disease, that unless you are cleansed from this disease, you will die an eternal death. Do you recognize that? And do you, in desperate need, fly to Christ? Do you, in desperate need, cry out to Christ, save me, make me clean? In a world that de-emphasizes the seriousness of sin or actively rejoices in sin, we need to counteract that by constantly reminding ourselves of the true nature of sin. And that true nature of sin is that it is vile. It is a spiritual leprosy. And we need to have faith in Christ that he might cleanse us from that spiritual leprosy. As we see the devastation of our sin, the disgusting awfulness of our sin, and we come to Christ in faith, let us be comforted with Christ's compassion. Let us be comforted with Christ's compassion. Because Christ had had compassion upon this leper. We read in our text, Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Christ was willing to save this man from this disease. He wasn't like the priest in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And there's this man who's been beaten up by thieves and robbers, and he's lying on the side of the road. And the priest comes up to this man, and rather than uh, walking right beside him, he goes out of his way and, and walks completely around him, ignoring him and his plight. That's not the case with Christ here at all. No, Christ is willing to help this man. And this should teach us that Christ is, is indeed willing to forgive us of our sins. Isn't Christ's willingness to forgive us of our sins something we see again and again in Scripture? 
We've seen it the last couple of weeks in our study of Proverbs. Wisdom cries out to men to come to her. But to whom does she cry? Does she cry out just to, to, to the righteous? To, to those of understanding? To those of wisdom? No, she cries out, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. Wisdom cries out to sinners, to those who lack understanding. She cries out to them to find life in God. As wisdom cries out, so Christ come cries out to sinners. We saw last week that Christ ate and drank with tax collectors and sinners. He called out to them, Be cleansed from your sins. I am willing. Christ is willing to heal sinners of their sickness. Christ is willing to give sinners understanding. He is willing to grant them righteousness. And so do not doubt the willingness of Christ to save you. Christ told the leper, I am willing. He was willing. And Christ tells you, I am willing. There are some who never get saved because they never think that Christ is willing to save them. They recognize their sin, but do not see the compassion of Christ for them. They think their sins are are too great for Christ to be merciful to them. They think their sins are, are too dark and wicked for Christ to love them. Don't let this be true of you. See the compassion of Christ. See the willingness of Christ and have the desperation of this leper. Have the desperation of this leper to know the forgiveness of Christ. J.C. Ryle reminds us that men are not lost because they are too bad to be saved, but because they will not come to Christ that he may save them. If you doubt the willingness of Christ to save you from your sins, see what he does next. He does not simply heal this man with a word or command, as he most certainly could have done. But instead, he reached out his hand and touched this man. And in this touch, we see the gentle compassion of our Savior. This leper may not have experienced the touch of another human being for years because of his condition. But Christ healed him with a touch. Jesus did not live this life unaffected by the frailties of the human body and human condition. He did not remove himself from the suffering of this world. Instead, he actively engaged with those who are suffering. The widow's son died in Luke 7. We read that when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. These pallbearers may have stood still from sheer shock at the fact that a clean man would then go and, and touch a, co- a coffin. He would go and touch a dead body. 
Numbers 19, verse 11 states that he who touches the dead body of anyone shall be unclean seven days. He shall purify himself with the water on the third day and on the seventh day. Then he will be clean. Christ risked being declared unclean in order to help those who are suffering. He demonstrated his compassion by touching this open coffin. In touching this leprous man, Christ demonstrated to us that he is a God of compassion and mercy. This is a lesson to us that we truly have a high priest who has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. When we bring our sins to him, he comes with compassion and forgives us of our sins. He does not withdraw himself when we pray to him for forgiveness, but instead he leans in and listens to our prayers. He hears those cries, those cries for mercy with compassion. Know that the Lord does not disdain the broken and the contrite heart. He does not have disdain or anger towards tears of sorrow over sin. Instead, he responds to our prayers by saying, Your sins have been forgiven. Go and sin no more. I am willing. Be cleansed. Finally, let us see Christ's power to cleanse us from sin. In healing this leprous man, Christ demonstrated to us that he is powerful. He could heal leprosy with a touch. He could raise the dead with a command. He could still the waves of, and the wind with the sound of his voice. Our text says that he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately, immediately the leprosy left him. This leper did not have to, to wait 24 hours for this cure to take effect. This leprous man didn't have to wait a week or six months for him to be healed. He was healed instantaneously. And Christ is powerful to save you from your sins. If you confess your sins to God and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, the Lord forgives you of your sins. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven for that forgiveness to take place. You don't even have to wait several days to pass for your sins to be forgiven. Christ forgives your sins immediately. The Lord immediately grants forgiveness. This is because the price for sin has been paid for by Christ. Paul and Silas told the Philippian jailer to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. They did not tell him, well, well, you might be saved. Maybe you will be saved. No, they said, you will be saved. You certainly will be saved. There is salvation for those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a powerful salvation. That salvation is possible because of the death that Christ died. And we'll be reading and hearing more about that death this afternoon. But I want to go back to Leviticus 14. When a leper was healed of his disease in the Old Testament... 
He then had to go to the priest to, to be examined, to offer a sacrifice for his sin. We read of that in Leviticus 14. But when we read that, wasn't that imagery of those two birds striking? Leper had to bring two birds, two clean birds, to the priest. The priest would then take one of those birds and kill it. He would sprinkle the man, uh, a previous uh, leprous man, with its blood. But it wasn't just the man that was sprinkled with its blood. The other living bird was then dipped in the blood of the, the dead bird. And that bird was allowed to go free. It was released into a, an open field. In other words, one bird was sacrificed for the salvation of the other. And the blood of that bird washed away the guilt and the sin of the other bird. A very graphic description, a very graphic picture of what Christ has done for us. Christ died for our sake. His blood was shed for us so that we would not have to die, but so that we could be redeemed. We have been dipped in the blood of Christ are now able to go free. We are released into the joys and bliss of redemption. Christ has paid the price for our salvation. He's done it with power and might. Salvation we have in Christ is not a weak salvation where we have to do some and God has to do some. No, it is a full and complete salvation the leper had nothing by which he could heal himself. He simply came in faith and believed that Christ was able to heal him, to make him clean. He believed in the power of Jesus to heal him. And we too must believe fully in the power of Jesus to heal us from our leprous sin. So in conclusion, as we come to the Lord's Supper this morning, let us come with the faith of this leprous man. Let us come with faith, seeing the, the loving compassion of Christ our Savior. Let us come seeing the awesome power of Christ to, to wash away all of our sins, so not one is left. Let us consider what Christ has done for us. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your compassion towards us. Lord, we acknowledge our sins before you. And Lord, we pray that you would ever grow us in faith. Help our unbelief, O Lord. Help us to forsake all self-righteousness and believe that you are indeed powerful to save us of all our sins. Lord, help our unbelief, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.